Drink This Beer is brought to you by the Beer Guys. BeerGuysRadio.com is where you need to go to get the scoop on what's going on in craft beer. That's BeerGuysRadio.com. And if you like the show, consider becoming one of our sponsors. Head to Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. That's Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. Welcome to Drink This Beer, a show dedicated to craft beer and the people who make it. Each episode, we'll get the stories behind the brews you love. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? And welcome to Drink This Beer. It's the podcast that talks to people who make the beer you love to drink all over the country and all over the world. And this week, we've got a treat, Aaron. When you talk about beer from China, most people probably think of, I'm going to say this wrong, I know it. It's okay. Tsingtao? It's a Qingdao. Qingdao. Exactly. Think of Qingdao. I know that's what I think of normally when I think of, yes. of Chinese beer. but uh, And also, it's home to the world's best-selling beer, Snow, which commands 25% of the beer market. That's right. China and Asia in general, though, is starting to embrace craft beer. You'll see some more craft brands in Chinese tap rooms. In fact, here in our home city, Atlanta, Georgia, we've got a local Local brewer Red Brick that uh, recently exported its brews to South Korea. Now, with that in mind, we're talking to one of the leaders of the Chinese craft beer movement. We have uh, Christian Lee and Alex Acker, who are the co-founders of Jinga Brewing Company. They're based in Beijing. They've been brewing professionally since 2013, and they're one of the featured breweries, Aaron, at the prestigious 2017 Shelton Fest here in Atlanta, Georgia. And guys, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Now, tell us a little bit about your background. You guys are both expats from America, right? Actually, Actually, this is Chris. I'm half a Jing A and actually grew up in uh, Toronto and then um, moved out here in about 2000. Yeah, and this is Alex. I'm from Connecticut. So we're, we're North American, but not, not strictly American. Gotcha. How did you guys meet up? Well, Chris and I are old friends. We've both been out here for 15, 16 years now, doing a lot of things before beer. I originally came out to China to, to teach and study, transitioned and working in the corporate world for a while. And uh, yeah, we started homebrewing together probably five, six years ago. And one thing led to another and, and we started Jing A. One thing I hear from a lot of people in other places parts of the world with home brewing, we see a lot about ingredients, getting the ingredients that they need. So when you guys started home brewing, was there a challenge there getting all the ingredients for the beers you wanted to brew? Yeah, absolutely. Our first beer we ever did was actually, uh, it was a malt extract kit that I think Alex might have got for Christmas from his dad. So that was pretty easy. And then once we brewed that, that was kind of a, you know, old school hoppy uh, IPA. And then actually after we brewed that beer, we kind of caught the bug and then we started doing all grain very quickly. And that was challenging getting, you know, especially the variety we wanted on the hops and the yeast, the malted barley, that was fairly available. But when you wanted to get into dry hopping and using things at the time like citra or you know, some of these other more exotic hops, it's quite hard to get hold of. You guys made a fairly uh, quick transition, I would say, from home brewing into starting Jing A. Was there a process there for moving that quick? Was there much of a scene when you started? We started brewing around 2011, 2012, and the scene was just starting to kick off at that point. Really, really small. There was a small group of mostly foreigners here home brewing. Some Chinese were starting to get into it. And there were a couple other guys on the local scene that were starting to introduce kind of the American craft. But uh, yeah, we were definitely kind of among that first wave and things moved really quickly for us. So we, we just really got excited about it. We're totally into it. We kind of moved from brewing for ourselves to kind of doing uh, monthly pop-ups at, at bars, kind of brewing just enough for a party once a month. So we kind of grew organically. And, and after about a year, we finally uh, were able to open our own small brewery in a, in, in a bar. Well, yeah, it's funny. You know, we've talked to a bunch of brewers from around the country 
country and around the world that, uh, you know, it's like they had quote unquote real jobs before they started brewing, but they enjoyed brewing so much. They just eventually quit their jobs. And was that the same thing for you guys? You know, Alex and I have been, been in China both, uh, you know, probably combined almost 20, almost 40 years now. So we, we've, you know, had many previous chapters in Beijing doing various different jobs uh, in the corporate world, doing some entrepreneurial endeavors. When we kind of started brewing together, it really, um, like I said before, we kind of caught the bug. It, it was really something we both enjoyed. And it was also at a time where craft beer was just kind of starting up in Beijing. And we thought there was a combination of this real passion for making great beer and then also like a real a real opportunity. I think Alex was, you know, in the first six, after six months, I think. Yeah, I was working for Apple over here and Chris was work, actually working at the time for, for Cisco. So we actually had, we had pretty decent real jobs. The, the Chinese culture is when you get a job like that, you, you know, you don't leave it. So I, I think they thought we were crazy, but, you know, we, we've never had any regrets, right? I mean, we're, we're totally living the dream out here. It's like you're leaving Apple and Cisco to do what? <laughs> To brew beer, right? What yeah, be sure. That? That's crazy talk there, Abs. Yeah, so uh, you were home brewing and refining your recipes before you went pro. Uh, what was the reaction? I mean, was it mostly expats uh, from the U.S. and Europe drinking your beers, or did the locals start to take to it, too? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think, I think when we, well, the whole scene, I think, when it first started off, uh, five, six, six years ago was very expat heavy in the very beginning. That's just not craft beer. I mean, a lot of the things in Beijing and China, new concepts that are brought over, it's usually, you know, kind of the expat community that kind of latches onto that first. That's kind of what happened with both, you know, craft beer in general as well as Jing A when we started up. And then over the last five or six years, we've seen a real turnaround where in the 1949 taproom, which is our first taproom we started, we're probably running, you know, 60 to 70% local Chinese now and 30% expat. So it's really kind of gone the other way sometimes. Now, looking at the styles you guys brew, these are a lot of what's hot right now, I know here in America, and I saw, I believe you even do a Northeast IPA. Is that right? Yeah, we've been we've been playing a lot with that style recently. We love the Northeast IPA style. You know, when we were in Atlanta, we brought some of our kettle sours over, so that's something we've been brewing a lot of. To be honest, we love the whole variety of beer. We also brew we brew our pale ales and browns. We brew Belgian saisons and really everything. I think the, the beers that we typically bring internationally are the are, are kind of the ones where we're pushing the envelope a little bit more. We usually you know try to uh, play with just this huge huge array of of uh, interesting Chinese ingredients that we have available here. Guys, as far as the styles and flavors and such that are popular, say, in China or America, what similarities and differences do you see to the palate there in Beijing compared to other parts of the world? You know, I think China is interesting. You've got kind of the hardcore beer geeks, and they're super snapped into all the different the new styles that are coming out. They're constantly on rape beer. They're understanding what are the top breweries, the top, you know, and what are they coming out with. And then, and then kind of the rest of the population who's into craft beer, I would say that palate's generally skewed towards kind of nice, hoppy, clean IPAs. So that's kind of what we have. A, we have a beer, the Flagfish IPA, which is kind of one of our flagship beers right now. There's been an interest into our the kettle sours we're doing, especially the, the fruited kettle sours. I think especially some more of the, you know the female beer drinkers they mm-hmm. they really enjoy those beers. But yeah, that's what I think. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I mean I think that's true I, I, for for a certain segment of the population. But I mean the difference is that you know in the U.S. or Europe, the number of people that are knowledgeable about beer and craft beer it's, it's a pretty large sized group. Here in China, it's kind of like maybe one percent or a fraction of one percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the people that we're dealing with all the time, but there's also kind of this 90, 99% of the people who, for them, beer is still kind of the Budweiser equivalent, right? Yenjing and Qingdao, or maybe it's kind of German wheat beers and things like that. So, I mean, it, things are changing very fast over here, but it's still really, really, really early days for craft beer. The craft beer scene, like you said, is young but growing. So, I mean, you've got Great Leap. They've got a pretty large following. Slow Boat, and then, of course, Master Gao. Uh, Gao Yan is kind of regarded as the father of Chinese homebrewing. Have you seen more and more cities embrace the craft beer movement uh, in China? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I mean, I think you nailed nailed it. I mean, those guys are all part of the scene big time, and we've all been really trying to kind of build up craft beer, not only in Beijing, but some of the smaller cities. I think when you think about China and the population of the country, some of these smaller cities, which we call quote-unquote second-tier cities, they're around 8 to 10 million people. So there's yeah. huge opportunities as well. And there's a lot of craft beer lovers down there. So, I mean, even if you look at the homebrew society in, China, in Beijing today, I'd say five, six years ago, it was, you know, a handful of expats and some curious Chinese. And now it's 1,000 homebrew followers and just in Beijing, and I'd say 90% of them are, are local Chinese. So um, there's a lot of people embracing this. It's good. I mean, it's a great thing that uh, the country's waking up to good beer. I spoke earlier this week about kind of the culture of craft beer. And one of the questions that I was asked there is about drinking rituals with uh, with craft beer. So are there any that are specific, anything kind of ritualistic about the way people drink in Beijing or uh, just enjoying a beer together there? Yeah, I mean, I would say, look, Chinese people, people here in China, they enjoy drinking beer. They have for years already. I would say there's less of a bar culture here. It's more about drinking at dinner with friends, drinking with other people and, and lots of toasting. They typically use small glasses and kind of everybody drinks at the same time. And there are lots of little rituals. It's a little hard to describe uh, on the radio. And there's, there's things like the way the way you toast somebody, you, tri- you typically you try to toast lower as a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. So instead of toasting up, like raising your glass up, you actually kind of toast oh, okay. down. So say there's the, the way people gather together around beer and the way they kind of interact a little bit different. Yeah. Well, it's a lot better than uh, drinking baijiu uh, when you're uh, trying to toast <laughs> people because my relatives are Chinese and I've had to do that before and it's not pretty. There's nothing wrong with a little baijiu. Exactly. <laughs> hey, guys, one thing yeah, we've discussed over here that's a huge, uh, I guess, concern is kind of the fight of craft beer versus big beer. And we've seen Budweiser continue, ABM, Dev Miller, Coors, all of these to buying up and expanding, you know, craft beer breweries. Is that a concern in the Chinese market or a problem over there? It's not as amplified as what's kind of going on in the U.S. right now. I mean, we have, I think, ABM Dev is, is definitely being quite active in China. They're, they're bringing in Goose Island pretty aggressively. They also made an investment in Boxing Cat out of Shanghai, which is one of the earlier craft mm-hmm. breweries. You know, at the same time, though, it's it's a huge pie, you know, what's going on in, in China right now. And, and they'll probably be able to reach some cities out there that we can't get to right now with our with our scale. It's the thinking for us is that it's really early days to see how things are going to shake out, how ABM is going to play in this in this China arena. In the U.S., I think there's a lot of concern because they're um, very controlling of the channel and they buy up distributors and they lock out some other brands. We haven't seen that happening right now, so I guess it's still early days. Were there a lot of legal hurdles as far as entering the market here? I know over here, regulations, permits, distribution, three-tier system, all that can be a big challenge in the U.S. Uh, What's it like to actually enter the market there in China? Well, I mean, I think probably some things are easier and some things are more difficult. You don't need to deal with a three-tier system. There's less kind of development around it. At the same time, crafters so new over here that there's very little support system. There's, there's very little uh, of, a, of a distribution network to snap into. So, for example, we self-distribute our beers here in Beijing. And as we go, you know, at this point, we're distributing in, I guess, 15, 20 cities around around China. It's uh, it's harder than it would be in the U.S. to kind of build that network, especially since we want to do it. We want to move our beer cold chain. Um, so there, there are challenges because we're kind of among the first set 
that are trying to get our, our, our beer out there. I guess there are other challenges that probably any entrepreneur would have here in China, just in terms of setting up the company, getting your licensing, and doing all that. But, you know, there are challenges and then there are opportunities. And, and obviously, craft beer is blowing up here, so it's, it's all worth it. Well, we're talking to uh, Jing Ah uh, from Christian Lee and Alex Acker, the two co-founders of that brewery in Beijing, China. Now, you were at Shelton Fest at 2017, uh, which is where we met you guys, actually, in Atlanta. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was, it was really great, to be honest. I mean, we, it's our second time showing at Shelton, getting feedback on our beers. There's a lot of curiosity around China. We had a couple of beers that showed really well. And then, you know, what was really cool is a lot of other brewers, too, were kind of giving us some kudos on, on some of our beers, especially some of the sours that we were doing. So that was really cool as well. You know, breweries that we really love and respect, saying that our beers are showing very well. Yeah, we were able to try that lychee sour that you guys had. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed that. Cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and we, that's we thought the- that turned out pretty well as well. Is that the lychee Xanadu? Is that correct? Was that the one you had here? That's right. Yeah, lychee Xanadu. One of the challenges for us is we need to, you know, we have to send our beer pretty far to get the festivals like that. So I was a little, right. you know, a little nervous when we tapped those kegs, you know, how they're going to be. But we were pretty happy with how they traveled. Well, that's one thing. We talked to Piohala out of Estonia, and he mentioned that at home they do a lot of IPAs and that, but they're hesitant to bring those internationally, mm-hmm. you know, because you're traveling, you have the time and all that. So uh, just getting them to the market and that, I guess a sour beer is a little better situated for that. Yeah, we found that the sours and kind of, you know, the big dark beers, the imperial stouts, what have you, tend to travel a little bit better. In fact, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Pujala. They were they were just in Beijing a few weeks ago. We, we, we did a little collab again that we're going to be unveiling in another few weeks, actually. We're big fans of those guys. We had a great interview with them, really enjoyed their beers. And since you mentioned collaborations, this is a good time to mention that you actually did, when you were over here for Shelton Fest, you did a collaboration with one of our breweries here in Atlanta, Monday Night Brewing, correct? Yeah, that's right. We worked with Peter over Monday night, and we, we actually haven't had a chance to taste the beer ourselves. I think you guys maybe have. We've it's heard, good. We did, uh, yes. really well. That's but, it. We uh, got we had a lot of fun making that beer. Yeah, Monday night when they opened their new facility, they had it on there as part of their uh, garage grand opening. We really enjoyed that. And it's, was it pronounced Zhang Zhang Zishi? Zhang Zishi. <laughs> See, that's I do well enough with like Eng- English and Belgian beer names. So this is total new territory for me. Uh, I appreciate you guys helping us out with that. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Now, again, like we talk about the Beijing beer scene, you've got the 8x8 festival coming up soon. Uh, you sent us a link to that. That looks pretty awesome. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys have got going on. For us, it's the first time we're putting on a beer festival here in Beijing. And instead of doing a typical kind of each brewery has a, has a, has a table or a stall kind of thing, we decided to do China's first collaboration beer festival. So the, the whole idea of it is we're pairing eight breweries from a certain part of the world. This year, it's the Pacific Northwest of the U.S. with eight really great breweries here in China. And each of those pairs is brewing a collaboration specifically for the festival, plus bringing in, you know, some of their own rare beers. We're doing kind of a session-based festival over two days. So, yeah, so we, have, we have some great breweries coming in, Holy Mountain, uh, Gigantic, Breakside, a few others. So uh, it's going to be a great time. And so do you have any frequent flyer miles that we can borrow and uh, fly out there? Yeah, spare tickets to the fast <laughs> frequent or the or the Jinge private jet. We could just jump on that. Oh, there you go. Head over work. there, yes, right? Exactly. So yeah, <laughs> we don't have a jet yet, but we do have a couple tickets for you guys. Soon. There we go. Oh, there you go. So close. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, you know, outside of the festival and everything else you've got going on, uh, I know your beer is distributed in some place in America. We just talked about the the Lychee Xanadu, and I actually just saw one of our great beer bars here in Atlanta. 
the Porter Beer Bar actually just posted today. They've tapped some of that. So if you're in Atlanta and you hear this, that's on at the Porter, or uh, or it was as of this taping. Yes, exactly. May go fast. So, uh, but where, what are some other areas around the uh, the country here where people might find your beer? I mean, we're definitely doing something at the Double Dragon, right? There was there was an event at the Double Dragon. I'm not sure if they still have our beer. So there, there, there's basically been some beer sightings, Jinghe sightings in the in the Atlanta area at, at, for example, Porter Beer Bar, what have you. To be honest, we're not regularly over in the U.S. right now. We we get over there for the Shelton Fest. A couple of, uh, last year, we were at the Oregon Brews Festival, and we're in touch with the Shelton guys about getting our beer over there a little bit more regularly. But it's not there all the time right now. Get it while you, you can, right? That's right? Absolutely, That's right. Christian and Alex. Uh, again, thanks so much for joining us today on Drink This Beer. How do we get in touch with you? How do we uh, kind of find out what's going on with uh, Jinga? Uh, well, if you're uh, I mean, obviously come on out to Beijing, try our beers at our brewery or at our tap room. You can follow us on Instagram. We've got an account there, Jinga Brewing, and. And uh, we have a website, singabrewing.com. Yeah, I guess that's about it, really. Come, awesome. Best way is to come on out to Beijing and try our beers at the source. That sounds, sounds like, like a good, fresh beer is the best beer, man. That's the way it goes. So, guys, is there anything else that we have missed or that you want folks to know about Jingay? I don't think so. I think you guys covered it. I mean, we, we love hosting people out here. So, as Alex said, if you guys can make it out here, uh, you know, we'll roll up the red carpet um, and have some beers together. That sounds like an invitation. Be hard to turn down, man. I, We'd I love know. to do that sometime. Totally. Anytime you're out here. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Cheers, awesome. guys. Have a Cheers. good one. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. More beer stories? Head to BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want more craft beer news? Listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show, available every Saturday morning. Drink This Beer, produced and developed by Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams, part of the Beer Guys Media Radio Network, beerguysradio.com.